0: What's that one softball question that me as a real estate agent, or or you as whatever you know industry you're in, what is it that I'm hoping they ask me? We all have those things, and in my conversation structures, I'll usually try to bring the conversation into one area, hoping they ask me one particular question so that I can really nail it and and, and you know drop the hammer so to speak. So that's that's what you should be really looking at when you're coming up with your creative is what do I want to tell them? It's what they wanted. So start there.
1: Welcome to Building Bigfoot, the podcast on growing yourself and your business profitably. I'm excited. I'm joined with Logan. Uh, Logan and I have been working together for almost a decade. It's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it from that standpoint. And we have been working on uh, you know building with uh, Facebook ads. And it's crazy because I did the math recently. I was thinking about it. We've had businesses using Street Text that have generated more than 5 million people inquiring on their business. And based on the average conversion rate and the average commission uh, value, I, I just I just calculated it really quick, and it's more than six hundred million of economic revenue generated by those clients. Isn't that mind-boggling? Like it's just a huge number. That's a big impact.
0: We we sit back and we we we're so absorbed in the day to day that, you know, we see good things every day. But then when you kind of really sit back and, and hear those numbers extrapolate like that, it's uh it's pretty cool. It's it's really nice. You know, the ability to, you know, be able to help people point them in the right direction. Now, in my opinion, ultimately, you know, the, the success of it all comes down to the individuals taking that, you know, those opportunities and, and making business out of them, of course. But um it really does come down to that cost per opportunity. You know, if your cost per opportunity is far too high, your, your own individual conversion needs to be above industry average to make it, you know, profitable, make, make sure there's ROI. So I think with a company, you know, say like street techs, we're able to provide a little bit of, you know, expertise in terms of, you know, what ads are working elsewhere and, 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 and helping people with that cost per opportunity. So that's, uh, you know, when you hear big numbers like that, it's, uh, that's kind of where my brain goes is, you know, it's nice to to know that uh you know those numbers are exactly where they are, but what does that mean for the clients on the other end? that's kind of what's uh that's what's most important
1: yeah I, I think I totally agree with you it's it's really like what is it for the person on the other end and and what is it they're trying to achieve what's their goals so so Logan, why don't we start so obviously we're gonna talk a lot about Facebook ads today, which is gonna be a ton of fun and and really interesting and I'm sure people are gonna learn a lot because one of the questions that we get like a lot a lot is what's the most effective way to grow my business today? And I think that question is an important question because if you're looking at scaling your business or reaching new clients or reaching new customers and uh, figuring out a go-to-market channel, something that is is now predictable and allows you to invest in CROI is not just important, it's so fun. Because <laughs> once you kind of get those levers right, you can start to scale and and... and Advertising and marketing is fun. It's it's a very interesting thing and I laugh because uh, one of the people that that uh, we work with a lot, Wendy, she's fun. She's like it's the it's seeing the activity. You know, it's like when you when you get somebody, it's really exciting. But then when you see how they're engaging, so they're 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 taking action and they're moving forward. It's like that's the part that really gets exciting, and it's cool to see as a business. So, but before we get into all that, Logan, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Like so. You've been obviously working in ads for a long time, and a lot of your success, uh, even just before this, like you were talking about it, and you're just like, you know, it's coming from years and years of seeing trends and testing different things. So maybe share a little bit about your your testing mindset, like. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things you share and say, and I'm, I'm, I just want to pick those out. Yeah, those like out. for
0: me, <clears throat> I'm a big believer of of never letting anybody tell you what not to do, what not to try. You're the one who knows best, and you, your gut will, will will guide you. I think that's one of the most important aspects is be ready to spend money in the right direction and test, test, test. Be quick to know what your goals are in other words whether or not your testing is moving you towards those goals or away from them because just because we're willing to test 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 doesn't mean you should be just throwing money away willy-nilly by any stretch so i give a lot of different advice as to how i would run different ads and i'm sure we'll we'll will dive into some of that but the biggest thing for me is don't be scared to try something somebody else might have told you it's you know it's the worst idea you'll ever have and I honestly think that they're wrong. Until you've tried it yourself, um, you have no idea whether or not it's going to work for you. But again, I, I like to set myself a, a achievable goals. And for instance, just you know, in the real estate side of things, the sales cycle is so long that it could take three, six, 18 months for that sale to come through. So I might not calculate all my front end metrics around closing deals. I might personally have other goals such as conversations. Am I talking to real people? That is, I like to, to to say that you know success leaves breadcrumbs. So you might not you know get the bread quite yet, but you should be able to follow the breadcrumbs towards where the loaf is, so to speak, right? So, yeah, try anything. Um, mitigate your your expense and your exposure whenever possible. But again, that's I can't reiterate strongly enough. Don't be uh, afraid to try something new. Um, I think that's you know where where you look at. Whether they're technological advances or advances in 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 advertising advances in anything it's there's so much trial and error that that is involved with that and For anybody to come into any new space and run one ad and expect that to be the expectation for forever and always is that's just not the way it is and that's why you know with a company like street text again um we've come up with so many interesting you know ways of Running ads in, 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 you know, split testing, let's say, for instance, and it's the uh, ability to really spread your dollars a little bit more uh, appropriately to find what's working quickly. And then, again, eliminate what's not working, follow the trends as to what is working. Uh, but it really comes down to go with your gut, let your gut guide you, and set goals that are achievable and attainable so that you know you're hitting your, your landmarks along the way.
1: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. So you, you kind of made three really good points there. And w- one of them is really the whole concept of test, don't guess. And, and a lot of times, how many amazing ideas almost never happened because there was an assumption that it wasn't going to work? Yep. And advertising, a lot of times, we will look at a campaign and just observe the aesthetic of it and wonder, oh, no, this isn't going to be that effective. Yep. And then that campaign gets launched because our system has always been built in with the testing framework, it, right? Like in its DNA. So we always are tracking the metrics, and we can see the winners from from the um, the losers. Like as we're testing all these different ads, and that campaign will outperform everything else. And you are like, okay, never mind. Right. So it's it's that. It's that same principle. It's just test, don't guess. So a lot of times we'll have an idea of what will be effective and do try that. But then we might also have an idea that we're not, we we just assume is going to fail. But it's always worth putting it out there and seeing the engagement. Because every once in a while, you are very pleasantly surprised. Because what do you want? Do you want an ad that looks exactly like the ad that was in your mind? Or do you want an ad that's getting you customers? And ultimately... If you got to work from that that angle.
0: Different things work differently in different areas. I think that's the other thing is is we're so quick to want to, you know, let's say glom onto what's working for other people. Like I've heard my colleague, my friend, somebody that I I respect who is in a different you know province, different state, a different country, a different area altogether. This is the way they're doing it, and it's working. So this has to be the way that I do it because that's what works. Maybe. Right. Perhaps that's the case, but, um, quite honestly, it's, it's, it might not be as well. So if something's working for somebody else, should you try it? Absolutely. You should try it. Um, does it mean it's going to work the same way in your area? Of course not. And so we see that all the time. And even with something like you, you say, you know, um, things that we don't think would ever work. One of the most successful ad types that I've ever run um, is a boring image of a Google map that says, if someone wanted to buy your home, would you sell it? And The second I look at it the first time, and this is what, 2016 or so, I'm like, ah, oh, nobody's ever gonna click on that. What a terrible, it's, uh, that. that won't work. Well, that was, if not the, you know, it wasn't the only ad, but it was one of, if not the strongest ads we ran almost still till today. We've made advancements and changes and edits and and made it better, in my opinion, but that same standard, I'll call it somewhat boring, angle still works and works fantastically well in a lot of areas. And so, again, while I might recommend to some places, you know what, let's change it up a little bit. Let's do something different. Why not start with that? Try it. See if it works. And if it works, you're going to see that the, the stats are in your favor and you're talking to real people pretty quickly. And if that's not the case, hey, let's change it up. If you're bringing in $50 leads, $25 leads, in my opinion, the cost per opportunity is, isn't in your favor. And, and it's not really what we should be continuing. But if we're finding $2 leads, $5 leads, $7 leads, depending on your, your market um, you know, price, now that's palatable. And now we, we're talking real people, let's continue that, right? So test, test, test.
1: Yeah, that that's a Great example. Why don't we talk for a second about what made that ad so successful? Mm-hmm. So from when you look at that ad, like, so, so what is it about the creative that seems to, to be like, why, why is that creative work well on, on well, Facebook news?
0: I feel first and foremost, it's the image. Um, the image is, um, very recognizable. It's the same kind of ideas. And, and most people, um, I, I find there's a lot of people anyways that are getting this content on their, their mobile device. So, if I imagine what my mobile device looks like, right? I'm, I'm holding onto my phone and I've, I, I'm constantly using Google Maps. I'm constantly trying to find where I am. But when I look at something like the Google map of my area, it is instantly recognizable. So as I'm scrolling through, my brain is going, Hey, this is, this is something you should look at. Perfect. Stop the scroll. The most important thing. So you might want to use a, a bit of a crazier image, something, you know, but market relevant is always important in my opinion. So I, I think the first draw on that particular uh, ad type was the image. And again, as you're looking through, you go, what's happening in my area? I better pay attention to this. Then the offer was quick to the point. There's you, you don't want to you know, over-offer, I find. If I have to read a novel, I'm not reading it at all. If I stop and look at your image, and then I look up and there's a paragraph for me to read... You've, you've probably lost me, but quick and to the point. So something like, what's your home worth? You want to know what your home's worth? Or if someone wanted to buy your home, would you sell it? Find out its value instantly. And I like that offer of some type of instant analysis. And in the, just again, saying in the, in the real estate space, the likelihood of an instant valuation service able to provide an actually valuable and accurate number, I'd say we're all Able to admit that's probably not the case, but it's a great ability to be able to provide them something of value until me as their agent or hopeful agent is able to get in touch with them and let them know, look, this was a guesstimate. This was, you know, here's this, the starting point. Here's where we're going to go from there. But again, image is everything, regardless of the industry and the space that you're in. Understand that your image is going to carry 90% of the performance weight. Period. You can have the most eloquent ad copy that you've ever had. I've had some where I'm giggling as I'm writing it because I think it's so clever, right? I'm like, "Oh, this is so great." Well, you know, if nobody's stopping to to read it because my image doesn't match up and doesn't line up to what I'm trying to do, nobody gets to read my my clever little quips in there and the ads don't perform. And sometimes again, you can be too clever. You can write things that again, you assume are going to be great and then you realize after People wanted something quick and concise. They want to know what they're getting. They want an offer. They want to know it's something of value that they're going to get instantly and immediately, regardless of what that is. It could be a a, a free e-guide. It could be a you know a discount to something. It could be anything, but I want something and I want it now. If I'm gonna give you my information, you better be giving me something I want instantly and immediately.
1: Yeah. So that that's that's a second really important point. So the first one is the creative really makes sense for the platform. So obviously, when you're thinking of meta, the two big platforms that you want to be thinking about is Facebook and Instagram. And then the reasons that people are going to Facebook or Instagram need to line up for the reason that they're going to engage with your creative. So if the reason the the uh, map image makes so much sense is that, like you were saying, people come to, to Facebook because they're looking to connect with people that they know, um, they're, they're looking to connect with our community. They want to see what's happening like locally events. When they see a map, it's relevant to them and it's also aligns for the reason that they showed up to the platform in the first place. The second part about that, which is you, you kind of hit the nail on the, the head there, which is copy matters. It has to line up with the creative. So you can have the best copy. But it has to line up with the creative because the creative is the thing that's going to engage them. Yeah. And then when they read that copy, it has to make sense. I don't like. Do you remember? I, I forget how many. I I, I wish I, I'm probably like dozens and dozens of changes to that tiny amount of copy that we did. I remember like oh. cap, we capitalized yeah. the words. We under like then we lowercase them. We switched them around until we figured out the exact um, verbiage and copy that was the highest performing. We have an advantage, which is that, like, obviously we have a lot of, um, customers, a lot of members using Street Text. And so we can test these things at scale. But it, it I remember just like the impact of just changing a few things to the overall conversion rate. Um, well,
0: and then on that, John, though, I just wanted to just, it's, it's so very important what you just said is the one metric that people look for when they're running their ads, first and foremost, of course, is the stat lines. And by changing, subtle little things within that copy, within that verbiage, you can improve uh, your your lead cost. Fantastic. But almost more important, in my opinion, is as these ads are running, understand that an ad is basically it's an algorithm connecting demographic dots. And so we need to make sure that the the, the people we're bringing in is also in line with our expectations. I want cost-effective opportunities. Great. But I don't want a lot of $1 leads who are not the kind of, you know, clientele I'm, I'm looking for. And a, a quick example of that, again, just in the real estate space would be a simple addition that I've, or we've made, I guess, to the buyer ads. You know, I do buyer ads in quotations because most real estate agents aren't looking for more buyers. They're looking for sellers. And so why would we run buyer's ads? Well, one little adjustment I made to the the verbiage, it used to say something like, you know, get a list of all, let's say, three plus bedroom family homes in your area. Well, great. What a lot of clients were reporting is, I'm getting a lot of renters. <clears throat> I'm getting a lot of renters, a lot of first time buyers. Um, you know, a, a lot of more than anything, the the biggest the biggest issue was renters. I'm getting people people looking to rent, not ideal for the space. And so we added the simple words of for sale. So three plus bedroom family homes for sale, and that simple little adjustment, two little words has had a dramatic impact to almost all of the clients that have edited and changed their ads to read as such now. The majority of them are now finding people who are, if they're buying, at least they're buying, they're, they're not looking to rent anymore. And again, that's a much more valuable lead for most of our clients.
1: Yes, and this is even more important now as, as Meta has moved their audiences away from uh, interest and demographic targeting to broad audiences. So the more that you go after a broad audience, the more you're relying on AI to figure out who to show that ad to, and more likely than not, that AI is going to get it wrong. And so you need to have the right verbiage inside of your copy so that you can train the AI quickly by getting the right matches on the audience, which we'll talk about in a bit here. That is a very, very important part of of meta-advertising today. And it's, it's why so many advertisers have seen crazy swings in their performance, because they weren't making the adjustments they needed to. um, Because Meta's always changing, Facebook's always changing. As long as we've ever known them, I I think they're like, uh, their mission statement or their internal uh, methodology used to be, they don't say this anymore, but it was uh, move fast and break things. And so they love to move and change and and do that. And it's constantly, we're seeing the changes all the time in the algorithm and the uh, APIs. Mm -hmm. So the other part about it, which you said, which is the offer, so the offer has to align with the audience. So if you are serving a market, sometimes we think that our business service is the thing that they are really excited about. And so we advertise our business service. But the reality is, is there's another problem that they're thinking about that they need to solve. Your market needs to solve. And that's the offer that you want to be advertising on Facebook to pull them in. So uh, a great example was um, like the one you just you just described or back to the home value ad. If you're looking to sell your home, well, the service, the offer that's really attractive is, well, what is the value of my home? I, I have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, we have um, dozens of different types of campaigns and offers you can run specifically to get that person. But the key is, is knowing the questions that they have and then making sure that you're there. And the difference is staggering. You get an offer that's right, like through the moon results. You get an offer that that's a miss. And it's just crickets. It doesn't matter how much split testing you do. You're just never going to get the same performance from that campaign. You will obviously get a, the best performance of that campaign, but, but that best may be very inferior compared to what you could be getting. That, that's very important. And then the other thing that made that campaign, I think, so successful, uh, which is when, if you think about it from the, the journey of the user, they don't have, like, trust is, trust is really important. So they see an ad. They see something, it looks interesting, and then and then it, it's tugging on their their desires and they want it. So they take action. And so the very next question that's going on in their mind, but not even consciously, is have I made the right decision? Can I trust this? And what is you'll see with that campaign, which is so important, and I see like 99.9999% of markers get wrong, is that the image on the landing page has to match the image on the ad. And this is getting harder to do with dynamic creatives, but it has to match. Because if you go to the landing page and that image doesn't match, that person that lands there immediately is saying, where did I land? I went to the wrong place. But if they see the image and they've landed on that landing page, and it's the same place that they they, the thing they just clicked on, they're like, ah, I've arrived where I'm supposed to have arrived. And that's a really important thing. And the reason that landing pages work really well is that you can then fire the conversion pixel. And as you'll know, like if you're running a traffic campaign, you're going to get a lot of traffic. You're going to get a lot of clicks. But clicks does not mean customers. Correct. Clicks means clicks. And so uh, Meta will advertise those, those traffic campaigns where it's going to optimize and get the most number of people that like to click things. And so you'll get a lot of people that love to click stuff. So if you run a, a lead difference. gen ad, <laughs> yeah, if you run a lead gen ad, which is like a native Facebook form, like the meta forms that that, that they can then fill out uh, without leaving the platform, those are very effective at generating uh, leads. But the one downside with a lead gen ad is that they're so effective at generating leads that there are some people that will sometimes get pulled into that audience who just like to fill out those lead gen forms. And so the beautiful thing about a conversion, the conversion campaigns where you can, you can run it either as a sales or a lead objective, depending on what your objective is, your conversion uh, campaign, you get to tell Meta when the lead is right. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing with a landing page is you're taking them off-site, you're reinforcing that they're in the right place, you're now getting them to provide some information, and as soon as you see this is the right fit, you send that conversion data back to Meta, and now Meta has got a different degree of detail about what it's looking for and targeting, And it's going to identify not against every single person who clicked, not against every single person engaged with the ad, not against every single person who filled out the form, but the right people that filled out the form. And then it's going to train the audience on that. And so those things, when they work in conjunction, you're going to have a very, very high-performing ad on Meta. And that's the nature of advertising. With that said, Logan, I think the next question, which kind of... This is a really like once you kind of have figured out your creative, your ad and your campaign, what's the best way to launch an ad so that you're getting like results out of the gate and you're not wasting money?
0: I'll I'll start by saying, you know, even just on the creative side, I don't care what industry you're in. um, The easiest thing to do is to sit down and ask yourself this one question. What do my clients want? Like what's the number one question that when I speak to a client, what's the number one thing they ask me for? I'm the industry expert. I don't care what industry you're in. My hope is that you're the industry expert in the, in that area. And so when I meet somebody who isn't an uh, you know industry expert, what is the top what are the top 3 things they want to know from me? That's my that those are my what do you want to know from me? Maybe I'm a lender. You know, What rates can I, what I, can I expect? What's this? What's that? What's the other thing? But that's the question you need to ask yourself. What do these people want to know? What do I want to teach them? And the other thing that I kind of bake into that as well is, what's that one softball question that me as a real estate agent or, or you as whatever you know, industry you're in, what is it that I'm hoping they ask me? We all have those things. And in my conversation structures, I'll usually try to, bring the conversation into one area, hoping they ask me one particular question so that I can really nail it and, 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 you know, drop the hammer, so to speak. So that's that's what you should be really looking at when you're coming up with your creative is what do I want to tell them? It's what they want to know. So start there. Then strategy-wise, again, you know, it really goes back to not being uh, afraid to to try everything. I, over the years, have seen a dramatic change to the way that Facebook is operating in terms of, the expected uh, ad cost right out of the gate. And I'll speak specifically just to the real estate industry for now because that's where obviously the, the majority of my you know ad experience uh, has been. But in years past, we used to recommend 9 to $12 per day to start an ad. And that was because we needed enough money for the algorithm to really kick in and really start to go and, and things like that. Well, things have changed and what I would do now, instead of running say one ad at $10 a day, I run two identical ads at $5 a day each. That's how I would start. In fact, I would start with three identical ads at $5 each with the intended purpose of definitely dropping one of them off before too long. So the the, the strategy would be this. Let's say, for instance, I'm setting up a brand new, and again, let's keep it real estate just so I can, you know, be as, as accurate as I can. But let's say, for instance, I want to set up a brand new, um, account for somebody. So we're going to decide the ad angles that make the most ses- sense for that individual's avatar. So let's say upsize, downsize, home evaluation. Great. Those are three good, good ad types. Well, maybe I only have $500 a month to spend. Now, if I want to run, you know, a ton of ads, uh, I'm going to be over that budget. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run three at $5 a day, downsize. Three at $5 a day each, upsize. Three, $5 a day on the home valuation. Now, if I run all of those nine ads for a very long time, I would definitely exceed my $500 budget. So not what I want to do. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch my individual split tests, and I'm going to start making my cuts based on stats, I typically let them run for the first, right around anything between five and $8 of ad spend. Those are the numbers I typically go for, so it's about 24 hours or so. Then I get to look at them and say, okay, this one ad's found me a lead, this one's found me a lead, this one didn't. Pretty easy decision, that one, that is gone. Then I go to my next split test, which was the upsize, I do the exact same thing, I'm making my eliminations. Now, I'm hoping, after all of this, I have two of the three from each of the split tests still running. The reason I like that is because now I've got $10 a day attributed to say the downsize angle, spread up $5 each. If one of those ads starts to struggle, um, maybe the lead cost is going up, maybe my clicks aren't good, maybe my leads aren't where I want them to be. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start adjusting that one. What I do is I take a dollar or two away from the one that's struggling currently and I give it to the other one. I still have all you know, $10 going towards that angle, but I've got two ads delivering results. And now hopefully when I reduce the budget on the one that's struggling, I'm hoping, and about 75% of the time I do see this, the lead cost, comes back to where I want it to be. It's kind of like rolling up a newspaper and smacking the the dog on the nose. I don't recommend smacking your dog, but my dog heard me say that and he didn't like that, I'm sure. But that's you're (laughs) training the algorithm. Facebook, it needs to be trained. It's not just something that comes out of the box and is ready to go for everybody. You have to train it. You have to show it what it needs to do. You need to lead it in the right directions. So if I'm running those three ads and one's not doing well, boom, it's gone. The other two are doing okay. I'm just gonna shuffle money back and forth between those two and drag them both long-term down the line. The biggest mistake I see people make is they'll put all of their eggs in one basket. They'll run one ad and the second that one starts to struggle, what's your recourse? Well, now I'm replacing that ad. So now I'm starting with a brand new ad. Lather, rinse, repeat. You're always starting with brand new ads. And if you look at if you look at it kind of like it's growing a shell, if you will. It's 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 like a reverse gobstopper. The longer it's in existence, the bigger it's getting and it's strengthening, it's hardening, it's it's improving. Now you only want to strengthen the algorithm if things are moving in the right direction. If I make ten calls and nine of them tell me, you know, no hablo anglaise. Is that a valuable audience? Well, for somebody else, it might be. It might be a fantastic audience. Unfortunately for me, I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not able to help them. It's not going to be the audience I'm particularly looking for. And so I'm not wanting that algorithm to strengthen in that direction. And and I'm full of cheesy analogies. You'll have to, you know, anybody who follows anything that I say, you know, I I love the idea of every ad you're running is as a house party. And the first 10 to 15 people that walk in the door have their cell phones open calling their friends. So if the first 10 people walk in the door and I, I can't look them in the eyes, they have their back to me the whole time, You know, do I want more people who don't want to talk to me? Not necessarily. Right. And that's the thought process of the first number of people I reach out and I connect with. If they tell me, yeah, Hey, I've been in my home 12 years plus. We're not sure if we want to sell yet, but we are thinking of this. Great. Bring your friends. The more homeowners I'm, I'm, I'm acquiring into my database, the more likely I'm going to get a sale out of this, you know, pretty quickly. And so that's the big thing to me is follow the stats, follow your demographics, follow your gut. But then ads that are not producing statistically or demographically, they need to be dropped, replaced, or reset. You can reset ads without having to drop them by adjusting budgets in a particular fashion. The more important aspect of this is the second I start getting those good conversations, I need to track down which version of which ad is finding those people and slowly bump up that budget to encourage. I'm giving Facebook treats now. Thank you for doing what I want, Facebook. you want to go for a walk, Facebook? That's kind of the idea that we're doing with that.
1: Uh, No, that's great. And now, if you're running ads and you're not getting anywhere near $5 leads, don't panic because every industry is different. So every industry is going to have a different uh, ROI metric. So in real estate, it's very common to get a 10x to 20x ROI, uh, if not higher. In a uh, SaaS business your metric is sort of between two to four. So if you're getting a 2x ROI, you're actually in green. So a 2x ROI and your ad spend might be a lot higher. So you might be spend paying $200 per person that then turns into uh, a sale on your platform. And that's that's perfectly fine as long as your ROI. So you always want to look at your LTV, your lifetime value of that customer and make sure that your LTV is at least 2x greater than the cost that you're paying to acquire that customer. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to know your your business metrics. So every business is, like I said, a little bit different. Like if you are a windows and doors business, your customer, your average customer value that you're getting through Meta might be anywhere between $800 to um, $10,000. And and also it's going to depend a little bit on your market area or region and your kind of customers that you serve. And so, if you're looking and say, okay, well, every every customer on average is, I'm, I'm getting about two thousand dollars from them that I'm getting through Facebook. Um, but you might be quite comfortable based on your margins to be spending three to four hundred dollars to get those customers. Um, that's a perfectly appropriate ROI, and your lead cost might be a little bit higher. You might be paying twenty to thirty dollars per lead, but you know that you can qualify them at that rate, and um, and it's working for you. So it's like one in ten or something. That that's. That would be pretty good. Whereas, if you are in an industry or a market um, that has got either a much higher ticket item, so your conversion rate is going to be a little bit lower, and your um, you, you you may be wanting to look at a volume play. So, but don't worry. Like, if your numbers are different, because every industry, every type of business is different. We've obviously really worked hard within, specifically in the real estate space, and we've gotten that down. You know, I remember the the best cost per lead I ever saw. Uh, was in uh, where was it? It was it was somewhere near the equator, and it was like two cents, yeah, was, or less than <laughs> two cents. It was so cheap. It was just the ridiculous cost, and um, and everybody would love that. That would be amazing. And occasionally, you get these winners on Facebook that just like sing, and away you go. But and it
0: happens, and then you encourage those along, and. The other thing to to look at is, again, when you're coming up with your creative and everything like that, you're, you're wanting to speak to as many people as you can. Now, you know, niche marketing, whatever it is, I love niche marketing. It doesn't mean you have to choose only one niche. You can have multiple, of course. But um, at the same time, you want to make sure that the audience concentration is in your favor. And I'll use an example just really quickly of... You know, people migrating, let's say, from, you know, the East Coast currently to, I guess it's still the East Coast, but, you know, from New York to Florida, let's just say, for instance, that's something that is, has been happening for a, for a little while now. Now, if I'm in Florida and I run an ad exclusively in New York saying, hey, move to sunny Miami and that ad hits a 100,000 people, let's just say, the, the percentage of those people ready to make the move, excited to talk to me is not going to be in my favor. Are there people ma- moving? Yep. Are there a ton of those people excited to talk to me about it? No. And so what's going to happen is since the concentration of that audience is not in my favor, my lead cost is going to soar. It's going to be astronomical. It's not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be able to continue that for very long uh, unless I start closing deals from it very quick. But a way to mitigate that would be to make the ad appropriate to my local market. So I might say, you know, Luxury waterfront condos available in Miami Dade County, or something. And I run that in the Miami market because the concentration is now in my favor. I drop secondary pin drops in New York, in Atlanta, in Chicago, in California, in wherever. But that's the general idea: is figure out where people are moving from, target those places, but make sure the offer is also appropriate to your local audience, which incentivizes the ad to do better in a, in a way. It keeps it cool. I call it keep You know, it's it's like engine coolant in in a way. So. Just little, there's so many little tips and tricks. And the smartest thing to do, in my opinion, is, you know, at Street Text, we have the masterminds. Um, come and learn. Learn from other people. You know, absorb you know, podcasts like this. Just anything that you can to get that little leg up is all you need. That little bit of extra information so you know what you should go and try. And you kind of alluded to at the beginning of this, the only thing consistent with Facebook is change. It's... Thankfully, it seems, in my opinion, anyways, it's getting better. It's, it's, it's. I, I really like the direction the algorithm, anyway, is taking. There's, there's a lot of really good things uh, that I'm seeing um, in terms of ad performance and um, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's constantly changing, and if you want to change with it, you do need to be in the know. So, it's important to you know make the time to to learn and and continue to figure out what's going on.
1: Yeah, we could speak to some of those changes here as well, but maybe. Here's a question for you. Let's say you're getting a good return on ad spend, but you want to scale it. Mm-hmm. So you got an ad and it's working and you're happy with it and you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm these margins, of the ROI is working. Uh, is it better to increase your ad budget or duplicate that working ad at a higher daily budget?
0: I would do a combination of both. I would also say one of the mistakes I see made, and unfortunately some suggestions that I've, I've heard be given, is I'm running an ad at $5 a day right now, and I'm loving it. My lead cost is great, my lead quality is great, everything is great. Why wouldn't I want to double that performance? Well, let's go ahead and bump it up to $10 a day. Well, unfortunately, one thing that I've noticed is that large of an incremental adjustment, whether it be up or down, will typically force the algorithm to, if not completely alter, it, it shifts. It does change it. So, um, I'm very hesitant to make large, um, budgetary adjustments unless I want that algorithm shifting. If I have good statistical analysis, but my leads aren't where I want them to be or vice versa, you know, I might, drop that budget from, say, 10 down to 5, but if it's doing really well, I would never go 5 to 10. What I would do is I would recreate that exact ad because why not? Do another split test of it, let it go. Personally, I would probably try a very similar ad with slight different um, I- imagery. I, I would That's the, probably the way I would do it, but at the same time, there's no reason why not to double down on what you're currently doing. Leave the one that was doing well Basically alone with small incremental adjustments. So I'm going to take it from five to $6 a day. I'm going to let it sit for 72 hours. Facebook likes 72 hour increments. If it's still doing well, which I'm sure it will, it goes from six to seven, so on and so forth. And I keep building on that one. And every three to four days, I might give it a little bit more money. And I'm going to, if I can get it up to 15, 25, $30 of ad spend, great. No problem with that. But you need to do it in steps and slowly as not to, you know, um, step on the algorithm. At the same time, why not double down in that same angle and create a completely new ad and just understand that even though it looks the same, sounds the same, and is the same, it won't necessarily perform the same because it's all dependent on who first interacts with that ad, whether they like, share, click, comment, what they comment, where they... A ton of negative comments. Facebook can see the difference between good and bad comments, and they will start to... um, I don't know if suppress is the right word, but they will do a little bit more to encourage an ad along that's got good, strong... Community engagement than a bunch of bad comments or no comments at all. So, yeah, uh, th- to, you know, long answer to an easy question, I would say uh, I would do both, but being very careful with what I do with what's currently working as not to, um, you know, send it to the wrong direction.
1: Yeah. So, if you're going to increase your budget, you're going to stay well within that 20%, maybe Correct. even lower. Yep. And just let it grow slowly. And it seems like a painful way to grow. But the reality is, it's actually a lot faster than doubling your budget and losing that app performance entirely. Exactly. And now you're completely resetting. And it, yeah. So, the next question is: If you are uh, getting leads and you got a campaign that's working and you're excited, but you are you've basically looked at them like the vast majority, like not just like one or two or three, but like the vast majority of everybody. Um, you're looking for um, for clients, and they're very much curious uh, tire biters. So, like, they're you know, they're not they're not the person you're looking for. How can you fix that ad?
0: Yeah, so that's one of the ones where I would make the adjustment of more than twenty percent. There's a couple things I would do. I would it, it it depends on how widespread that issue was. So, if I was running just one ad and getting that. I know I need to work on that one ad and it could just be an algorithmic issue where it's like, okay, let's just reset it and hope for the best. But if I'm doing, you know, multiple similar ads, so I'm on to different algorithms, hopefully different demographics, and I'm getting largely the same thing. Now I need to look at my creative. Now I need to look at my, my copy because I'm, I might be the one who's attracting those individuals. And I'll go back to that first example I was saying, you know, when we're running buyer's ads, simply adding for sale in that copy shifted in a large way the demo that I was acquiring, and I got to notice that, thankfully, because we're spending, or helping people spend so much money in so many different markets, so many different areas, I was noticing, personally, in you know 25 completely unique markets, all people running a very similar ad, because I was setting it up for them, all saying a very similar thing, and all reporting back to me almost the exact same thing of, hey, Logan, I'm getting a lot of leads, but a lot of these, if not most of them, are looking to rent. Not what we're looking for, and I'm going. Okay, well, is it a is it an image issue? Is it is it an algorithm issue? Is it a client issue? No, it is the, an issue in this particular case of that ad copy. And simply changing a little thing took care of that issue. So again, yeah, I would say typically it's an algorithm which can be reset. So any adjustment downwards or upwards of more than twenty percent should shift that algorithm. So that would be my recommendation. If it's a trend that continues beyond you resetting your ads, look back to the creative and see if you could change some verbiage and speak to people a little bit differently to find the right people.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then when you say reset that ad, what do you mean by that? Like explain that for anybody listening.
0: Yeah, um, I find that any budget adjustment uh, more than 20%, 25% really, but 20%. So if I'm running at 10 bucks a day and I lower it to $9 a day, I've reduced the spend, but I have not, Change the algorithm, in my opinion. If I go from $10 a day to $5 a day or down to $6 a day, um, I, the algorithm should essentially unzip and then it starts as if it's a brand new ad in the eyes of Facebook. But the benefit of that is that it's got likes and shares and clicks and comments, hopefully already. So even though it's somebody's first time or it's that ad's first time of seeing somebody, that person sees it as an ad that has already, you know, had some engagement. So. Hopefully it helps it along, and again, as we know, those first, let's say, 100 people that interact with the ad are really what set it up for success or failure, which is why I recommend the split testing, which is why I recommend A-B testing, which is why I recommend doing things at at a little bit of a larger scale. I like to, if I want three ads running, I'm not gonna build three ads. I'm gonna build probably 15 ads of all sorts of different things, and I'm gonna let them run for a very, very short period of time, And I'm really aggressive. I'm going to start going in and making my cuts and eliminations because I don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a day. I might only want to spend 10, 15, 20, 50 bucks a day. And so I'll run ads as if I'm spending 250 bucks a day for the for the first day. But I'm really quick to make all my cuts and eliminations. So I never actually spend that much money, if that makes any sense. But
1: very aggressive. And when you're saying split testing, you're not saying... So So just to clarify, you're not saying you're running one ad at $200 a day and then bringing it to 50 bucks. It means that you're running many ads at lower budgets to see which of them are getting the right results and then making those cuts by turning off the ads that are not getting the right results. So when you talk about split testing, you're not talking about split testing the creative. That would be more of an A-B test. You're talking about the audience. and Maybe you could explain how that works on Meta and why it works.
0: Yeah, I like both. I call it my split A-B test, not to confuse everybody on here, but uh, A-B testing, as we well know, is the ability to or the the functionality of taking, let's say I'm going to run a uh, an ad with a red home and I'm going to run the same looking ad, but it's going to be a blue home. Obviously, that's an A-B test and I recommend doing that. But at the same time, I'm going to split test those as well. And what the split test is, I'm going to do three of the red home. Absolutely identical. In fact, when you build them on street text, I can launch them all as one package. I launch one ad and it triples it. It launches it as three. The reason I do that is because even though they look the same, sound the same, feel the same, and in Facebook size, they are essentially the same, they're not. They are individual unique ads. It's ad 1539261 and ad one, whatever. They are absolutely unique. And... If I happen to see one of those three ads, let's say you've set up those three identical ads. I'm not going to see all three of them as your potential c- consumer. I'm only going to see one of them most likely. And I'm going to click on that one. Hopefully that one ad, not all three, but that one ad has now been fed my information. And Facebook is now assuming that this ad is best served to males between 35 and 45 who, you know, wear black hats, you know, who everything Facebook knows of me and. It, it, it used to be that on the um, advertising side, we could give specific parameters. Find me people who this, that, and the other thing. You don't get to do that anymore, but that information still exists, and I feel actually it's gotten better. Facebook knows way more information about each of us individually than we would ever care for them to know, and that's a little bit of a scary thought sometimes, but when you think of the reason they do that and how it's applied, it's actually a good thing, because if I want to buy a vehicle, myself, uh I'm not going out and buying a Lamborghini. And I'm also not going to buy a, you know, a Toyota Tercel. I'm not buying something super high end. I'm not buying, sorry for anybody who's, drives a to- Tercel out there, but that's the idea is I'm looking for something very specifically. And so when I want to see, you know, those vehicles for sale or whatever it might be, I don't need to see ads for Lamborghinis and Porsches and stuff like that. I don't need to see the, the Honda Accord. I want something in very specific. And Facebook has an idea of what my spend rate would be. They have an idea of other things that I've been looking at, other things that I'm looking for. And so I feel that, again, if they're able to apply the right ads at the right time, you just need to know, again, which breadcrumbs to follow. That's simply it.
1: Yeah. And I think the key aspect there, although I, I don't need to look at Porsches, I like to look at them. <laughs> so I, I'm okay when they show me them. The uh, uh, But the the thing is, is like, when Facebook is looking to figure out who which audience, who who in the audience do they want to show that ad to? They don't show your ad to the entire audience. Mm-hmm. Obviously they're running broad audiences. Broad audiences is kind of the standard now. So what they do is they sample audiences. And this is actually something they've been doing since I think 2016, like a long long time. And uh and what they've done is they 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 then train their algorithm on the sampled audience. But the sampled audience is going to be different each time you launch an ad. And so who's to say that Logan is going to be in your sampled audience? He might be your right person that you're looking for, but he may not be in the first sampled audience that you launch. So by launching the ad three times, up to five times, you're increasing the likelihood that you're going to land on the right sampled audience. And that right sampled audience will then give uh, meta the data it needs to create algorithmically, the collection of people that it's going to show your ad to exactly, and it's going to massively increase your performance. So once you have a winning campaign and creative split testing, that campaign or creative is a really effective way of expanding and finding new audiences who also want what it is you're offering. And, uh, and you can dramatically improve the cost per lead. Like sometimes you'll launch one ad and you'll have great results, but more likely than not, you launch one ad and you get mediocre results. Launch three, one of those campaigns is going to have amazing results. And two of them are going to be mediocre.
0: I'll say really quickly, like I do, I probably launch more ads in a day than most people. I'd have to say I launch a ton of ads and I would say it's very regular when I run a three ad split test, one to jump out of the gate pretty quickly, one to be not far behind and one to have been an absolute dud. It's so common for me to see that. And it's it's it happens so quickly. Within $5 of ad spend, one of them's got two leads, one's got one lead, one has zero leads. Had I had just the one with zero leads as my only ad going, I'm sitting here going like, oh, okay, well, that ad type doesn't work. I'm not going to run ads with that image anymore. I'm not going to use that verbiage anymore. Well, no, thankfully, since I split tested it, it shows me it did work. That ad's great. That ad's a fantastic ad. One of them didn't work. It's going to happen. That's the one that goes away now. And now I've got two ads working and I get to move money back and forth between them. But yeah, like you say, I mean, everything is an algorithm. And so the first thing that the best advice I can give you is that the first side of the equation is stats. What is my cost per opportunity? Again, if I'm getting great leads and paying 50 bucks a lead for them, if I know they're great leads, I'm probably going to stomach that and continue paying a little bit more money for them because that's fine. But it takes a while to understand if it's a good or not good lead. And so in order to get to that point where I'm having solid conversations and closing, you know, deals, I need to make sure that I'm filling a database with cost effective leads. And so doing that split test is that first step to understanding, Hey, am I what, what can happen in my area? What is possible? I've heard other people getting $3 leads on Meta. What should I get well, test it you know spread that net as as wide as you can, do multiple ad types, multiple split tests, be quick to turn them off, but then the ones that are working well, you simply ride those and keep increasing and really it's it's an easy game, but it just needs to be watched, monitored and, and acted on accordingly
1: yeah that that's a really good point point. and <clears throat> if you think about your like r o i like how how to think about what it is that you are wanting to achieve say let's say you launch a split test, and this does happen more rarely, but it does happen. Let's say you launch an ad and, and all of them, every single one of the ads that you launched is now success. You might be wondering like, which of these should I turn off? Which one should I keep running? Well, a different question to ask at that point is what's your marketing or your advertising goals? Mm-hmm. Like what are you trying to achieve over the next 12 months? Do you want to grow your business by 30%? Do you want to double your business? What What's the outcome that you're looking for as far as revenue from um, generated from, from these campaigns. Now work backwards from that. So okay, this is how much revenue I want to generate. Then say, OK, well, what does well, based on my conversion rate that of you know my average conversion rate when I run ads on, on uh, Facebook or, or, or Meta or Instagram, like, what does that conversion rate look like? And then say, OK, well, how many opportunities do I need to be generating at that conversion rate to hit that revenue. And now you can look at your ads and you can make a different kind of question because you might be saying okay I'm running three do I need all three running? Well the question is is maybe maybe you do in order to hit your revenue goal you may actually want to have three ads running that are achieving you the results that you're looking for and by having all three of those ads running you're actually on track. So you might have you might be ahead of The game. So now you've launched one ad and it was successful, but you actually got three successes. You now have the volume that you're looking for to grow your business. You want to keep all three running. You want to make sure you're working those, those opportunities. Or if you're um, doing sales or e-commerce or something else, you make sure that the conversion rate is staying consistent for those. But then you can see that, yes, this is on track to hitting my, you know, my 12 month goal from advertising or marketing. And then that's a, that's a really simple way of thinking about it versus. On the micro level, which of these ads should I be turning on or off? Well, if you got three winners, you might be. But the other side is, you might have a goal that you want to achieve, and by running all three of those ads, you may be exceeding that goal, and that's not always a good thing, mm-hmm. because your you may have a sales team internally that can only handle so much pipeline, and you need to be able to scale that sales team over the course of the year. And you think, oh, I got so many. This is great. It's going to be, um, you know, a, a beautiful. Uh, thing, but then you actually end up causing like derailing the progress because it's just too much to, to consume.
0: You know, on that end, one thing that I really do recommend people to do is to understand the length of your sales cycle. Again, different industries are going to have a different sales cycle in, in, in real estate. We know I would say six months isn't unusual. And so. It's going to take a little while for you to feel that success, regardless of whether or not you're, you're having conversations sometimes until you're actually at the closing table. It feels like you're just spinning your wheels. And so what I recommend to people do when they're coming up with a budget overall, especially joining, you know, a new advertising platform, whatever it might be is look at the next six months to 12 months and say to yourself, you know, I know I'm going to close deals in the next six to 12 months. I know I am. I know myself and I know this is going to work. You have to have that confidence. But at the same time, if I don't, what number am I okay with? In other words, if $10,000 over the next six months is gonna bankrupt me if I don't make a deal, don't spend $10,000 then. Start at a smaller level where you can say, and again, I don't want the thought of throwing money away, what a terrible thought that is, but at the same time, you have to be able to look and say, okay, if I get through six months at $5,000 a month, or part five, 5000 total spend, Will and no closings. Is that so detrimental to my business that I can't continue? And if so, dial it back a little bit. And the reason I say that is because it's going to take three, six, 12 months to really feel that success. And you can increase your budget at any point in time. Increasing a budget is easy. And so I like to kind of start at a little, like if, if, if a thousand dollars a month is comfortable for me or, or let's say a thousand dollars a month is my stretch, I'm going to dial it back to 750. I'm going to play it in an area where I've left myself a little bit of a buffer so that month by month by month I'm not you know overextending myself and I'm not stressing myself out that I haven't closed a deal. That closing's coming. It is coming. If you're if you're running the right ads, if you're doing the right things, the closings are going to come. It's just in our space. It takes a little while. And so space things out financially to support yourself until you get there and as soon as you get that sale, you should be taking 30% of your income and reinvesting it into your advertising wherever you, you are into your business, period. But allow yourself to get there is the smartest thing I can say.
1: Yeah, 100%. Now, one of the things you may be asking if you're listening to this, um, if you're B2B, uh, there are other platforms that are probably going to be even more effective for advertising. And uh, you know, you might be wanting to look at LinkedIn ads, you might be wanting to look at Google ads. If you're B2C, B2C, this is really where Meta's platform is um, the opportunity of the lifetime. Like if you serve, if your clients are, are, you know, consumers and they're logging into Meta, like this is truly amazing. Fortunately, the time frame for a sale or a conversion from B2C tends to be a lot shorter than B2B. That said, if you are like a real estate agent, you're closer to the like B2B world. Mm. So you're, you're, you are serving a large market, which is amazing. Like, think about the number of people who are looking to buy or sell every single year. Uh, it it fluctuates between six to four million a year. I mean, like, that's a massive market, right? Mm -hmm. Huge. You're serving that. So, so that's why Facebook is such a perfect platform for it. Flip side is, like Logan said, their timeframes are going to be anywhere from immediate right now today, all the way out to two years from now. And so you're, you need to be able to financially, uh, essentially forecast and make sure that your marketing is putting you on track. And I mean, the reality is is that you can spend a lot of money on a billboard and that's an an outlay of money, but may not actually generate any clients. Whereas what's beautiful about um, Facebook is that you can know within 24 hours whether or not you're getting leads. And that's, I think, a game-changing reality about what this kind of thing has brought Brought you, and then of course, but for most businesses like uh, advertising and Facebook, you're going to see like especially if you're running e-commerce or sales, or um, you can see conversions within yeah same day. Like it's amazing.
0: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say that you know just from 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 my own experiences. You know, um, I used to have um, a, a bus bench ad or two, and you know, whenever I'd get calls, I'd have to figure out where did you come from? Where have you seen me? You know. What has created the 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 reason for this opportunity? Because wherever my 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 calls are coming from, obviously I want to reinvest in that direction. But it can be really hard to know what's you know where things are coming from. Whereas again, on, on on meta through through if you have the right, you know, systems, it's pretty easy to not only figure out, hey, this came from one of my meta ads, but more specifically, which one of my meta ads? Which ad brought this person in? Because I want more people like that. Let me put my money not just back into, you know, social media ads, but this ad specifically. I think that is one of the most important things because where your money's being spent, you know, obviously is, is pretty important. And if you're, you you need to know what's working and what's not. And I think that, you know, this type of advertising just breeds that, that insider's knowledge. You should be able to, to be able to track every single penny, how much these opportunities are costing you, what your direct ROI is on that. Because if I, sell something to you know John Smith, I can go back and say, okay, John Smith interacted with one of my ads in 2021, and then again in 22, and then again in 23, look at this. These are the ads this person's going through, and now I know what that journey was for that particular client, and I know what ad types I should be running.
1: A hundred percent. I should say thank you so much, Logan, for this. This has been tons of fun. Yeah. I know we're at the hour. Uh, I just want to share one quick story. I mean, we were on the Mastermind yesterday and Becker shared that he was running an open house ad through Street Text. And he said it was getting such great traction that he had the open house on the weekend, but he decided to leave the ad running because obviously he's marketing his property, uh, which is good to do, right? I mean, I'm sure the home seller is really appreciative. Mm-hmm. Well, the next morning on Monday, he had somebody inquire about it. He called them and they've now turned into his client. And so sometimes, and and that just shows, like he probably spent... Four dollars, and he won a massive right contract out of that. So it's just that, and then and that just shows like the power of of um, of Meta. But uh, but again, Logan, I just want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate you. This has been great. I've, been I've enjoyed this very wow. much, and uh, I'm sure there was a lot of information to consume. And so, if you're listening to this podcast, don't worry. We're going to do more of these in the future, and we'll 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 break down some some more topics and. Thank you very much. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for having me.